Praise the Lord, and welcome to the Rock City Church Podcast with Senior Pastor Bishop Bart Pierce in Baltimore, Maryland. We pray this message strengthens and encourages you to be all that God has called you to be. So let's dive into God's Word. As we take a moment to declare that God, you have caused us to drink of a river that's inside of us. And God, may we get our biblical doctrinal positions correct. We're not looking for something to fall on us. We're looking for the river in us to bubble up and come out. Oh, that bubble means the prophetic word. Let that bubbling start to happen. Out of your belly should begin to bubble, begin to bubble, begin to bubble. Rivers of living water. That's right. That's right. Don't put a cap on the well. Don't put a handle on the well. It's not a the well. It is the well in you. If you got the Holy Ghost, you've been drinking and you got a Holy Ghost well inside of you. Let it out, let it out, let it bubble up. Let it bubble up till out of your mouth comes a a declaration of heaven. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I like. That's what I came out of. I make no apologies. I'm a Pentecostal, charismatic, tongue-speaking, devil-hating Christian. Oh, I got filled. I got filled. I didn't get a sprinkle. I got filled. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're starting to believe it. You're starting to believe it. I can tell. Some of you are starting to believe it right now. You're starting to believe it. I can tell. You're starting to believe that it's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. That's what you need in 2022. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need the fire of God to be inside of you. Out of your belly, out of your belly, out of your belly will flow rivers, rivers, rivers of living water. Oh, living water. Everywhere that river flowed and brought healing. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for 2022. We thank you for the moving of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I pray that you make the church thirsty. Oh, today, God wants to cause you, he wants to create in you a thirst. You see, because you drink at a lot of wells, like the woman, you drink at a lot of wells, but but you ain't never been satisfied. 
you drink from a lot of wells uh, of politics and of, uh, of all kinds of money things and, and all kinds of educational wells. You go there and you drink out of them wells, but you go away and you ain't never satisfied. You're thirsty every day. And Jesus met a woman just like you. Uh, and he said to her, listen, sweetie, I'm going to cause you to drink. Uh, and you're going to take a drink out of the well that I'm going to give you some water. And when you drink it, you will never, ever, 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 ever be thirsty again because there's living water. Some of you have drinking religion. That's all you've drank is religious and you are dry. We're in a season where the trees outside, they're searching for water. The old pine tree does a trick. It bends and lets the wind blow on the top. That's why the pine tree's got the top out there. It lets it blow when it does, its roots are going down. What it's looking for, it's looking for the water that's under the ground. There is water today flowing underneath the ground. And the old pine tree says, blow on me wind, because if you do, I'll find some water that will bring some flexibility, will bring some elasticity into my, my man, into my personhood, and I'll be able to bend a little bit and flow a little bit. Some of you drink from your own well. You drink from your own well of pride, your own well of self-satisfaction, and you never drink from his well. And God wants you to drink today. God wants you to drink from the well of living water today. So I pray you get thirsty. I pray you get so thirsty that you'll see that those other wells you've been drinking from, they're not satisfying you. So I wanna pray with you. Father, bless our people today. Bless the saints of God, creating them a thirst, a thirst that you would hunger and thirst for righteousness. I pray, God, cause your people to know the difference between what the world offers, what the carnal man desires, and what flows out of the throne of heaven called living water. Cause us, Lord, to become hungry in 2022 for living water. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, would you give the Lord a little praise here today? Please be seated. Come with me for a minute. I'm not going to be real long. I'm going to be to the point. How many of you just heard what I just said to you? Now, you have to understand something. I'm old school, and I'm not going to tolerate something that's not God. Do you understand that? Now, you can go to a lot of churches, and they don't even know what God's doing and where he's at, so they tolerate anything. But I don't tolerate something that's contradicted to the Holy Spirit contradicted to the word of God, I'm not going to tolerate it. Amen. During revival meetings that we had here in 1997 for three and a half years with Tommy Tenney, there were people that came from all over the world and they thought they had prophecies. Tommy wrote a book called God Chaser. You probably read it. 
It was written here. And, 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 and people came from all over the world. We didn't have a single advertisement, never put out a piece of advertisement. We had people come from everywhere. And there would be people that would come and start prophesying, yay, say the Lord. And, and, and I would say, excuse me, excuse me, thank you. Thank you. That might be a good word for you. But that's not a word that you need to speak to us. You see, when God's speaking to you, you don't need an artificial assistance. And when we're all flowing in the right stream, how do you know we're going to hear what the Father is saying? Come with me today and hear what the Spirit says. Now, <laughs> I titled the message so nobody else could do it. The river is rising. And, and, and that's why I wanted the song sung that we sung. And that's why we take the time to make sure we're singing it correctly as best possible. Come on. Let me just tell you a story, a couple of stories real quick to get you where I want to go. And uh, when I get there, you're going to understand something and you're going to see something maybe you haven't seen. But again, remember, I'm here today to try and get you to get really thirsty. Because the church is quick to substitute artificial stimulations of fake satisfactions. Hello? Even preachers, we can get, you know, in situations. And, and I spend a lot of my time talking to preachers. That's just been my journey of life. And uh, this past Friday morning, around 4.30 in the morning, I was awakened by a prophetic dream I had. I was in the dream and I was operating in the anointing, in the Holy Spirit. I was prophesying to a preacher. <laughs> now you have to understand, I'm not a big dreamer, but when I am dreaming, I'm dreaming something usually that I'm doing in, in some form. My wife tells me that sometimes she'll hear me at the night uh, uh, you know, she'll hear me and, and she'll hear me speaking in tongues and she knows I'm sound asleep. But it's probably because I'm in the middle of some meeting and I'm prophesying and praying. So I'm, I'm there in this sleep mode and I'm awakened and I'm ministering to a preacher friend prophetically. And among many things, I kept saying, you have to stay in the river. You just have to stay. Don't get out of the river. You'll handle your problem if you stay in the river. Well, I kept saying it, and, and I think that's what woke me up because usually I would prophesy more descriptive, but I was stuck. Yeah, saith the Lord, stay in the river. And the Lord says, stay in the river. And the Lord is speaking, stay in the river. So finally I realized, okay, I hear it. And I got up. When I woke, I went into my study and I wrote down the prophetic word that I was hearing. And when I wrote down, stay in the river, sheets of paper ended up under me. And I realized and I thought to myself, wow, this is a now word. Then I thought, this is a good word. Then I said, Okay, Lord, I can accept it. And then I said, 
I got to preach it somewhere. Now, I still may give it to my friend, but I'm going to test it on you. Now, so I began to go through this and I began to look at scriptures. And as often happens with me, when I sit down, I, I go into somewhere. I, I step into, I have a little study in my house. And I, I step in there and it becomes sealed off to everything. I don't, I don't, I don't take calls. I don't take things. I'm, I'm sealed off to some people's frustration they can't get it why I want to be left alone. And so I just isolate, and when I do, things start coming. It's just amazing. I'll remember a book I haven't read in 15 years on page 27, third paragraph down. I'll remember the absolute story in that book. And I, I, I just sit there, look, most of you that went to college, I never made it. I didn't make it to college. And I only made it through high school because I threatened to beat my history teacher up. And I had girlfriends. And that's all the reason I got out of school. They went to my, the, the, the principal went to my stepmother. She had three little girls. Went to her in line when she was registering and said, do us a favor. We'll, we'll get you registered here today and do everything right. I want you to do this. I want you to agree to tell your son he can't come to graduation. We'll mail his certificate if he won't show up. <laughs> That's why I could be a preacher, because I could stand to be hated. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank God I got saved. And... Uh, and God changed some things, not everything. Now, I came upon this story of a city on the Mississippi River. It's in Google. You can look it up later, please. But in 1773, a Frenchman and a group started a town along the banks of the Mississippi River and uh, in Mississippi, and it was called the Little Gulf. And the reason was, it was known as the little sister of New Orleans, which was below it and sat on the, the, the banks of the Mississippi River. If you've never been to that area, it's really fascinating. It's, it's one of the most unique places in the earth, but in all of America. The, the culture's different. The food is off the hook. Uh, it's just an amazing place. And you have this river that comes from all the way up, you know, up north and all the way to the top and comes down and wiggles through and comes down and goes out into the Gulf Stream. And a man named Thomas Calvert, now I wasn't able to find this out if he's the Calvert that was the Calvert County was named from. But being in 1773, it's highly possible that there was a connection. But this guy was well enough, he could buy a city. <laughs> so he bought this little town, this little city, sitting on the, the edge, sitting on the banks of the Mississippi River. His name was Thomas Calvert, and he brought the, bought this little city, and he renamed it from a friend who was a mentor, and he named it Rodney, Mississippi. 
He named it after his friend. He changed it from the, you know, little uh, Gulf City to Rodney, Mississippi. And in the 1800s, the city Rodney, when I say Rodney now, I'm not talking about a man now, I'm talking about a city. Rodney became one of the most prosperous cities in all of America. And, and I'll tell you just a couple of things about it. Rodney is where cotton and the whole agricultural uh, uh, discovery of how to work it and get it in the fields and work it from the fields to get it to the boats because they were at the Mississippi, so they had major shipping docks right there in this little city called Rodney. And uh, it was almost at one time, only by three votes, it was lost its position to be voted as the capital of Mississippi instead of Jackson, which it is today, it would have been Rodney, Mississippi. But three votes kept it from happening. Are you listening? Now, houses, factories, um, and shipping became synonymous with all of its success. It was a beautiful city. Roads and built up and churches and, 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 and factories because of the cotton gins and the cotton mills. And all this was going on. This city was just at the pinnacle of flourishing. Now, by 1900s, the, this, we're going from 1773 through the 1800s, by 1900s, early 1900s, um, the Mississippi River changed direction. And by a series of events, the city that once sat on the very edge on the banks of the Mississippi River was now three miles inland from the Mississippi because the Mississippi River changed its course. Stay with me. Stay spiritual. Now, the moral of the story is, is pretty simple. When the river leaves you, you die. Now, God's prophetic word to me was there's a river flowing under and through every church where he's welcomed. I'm going to prove it to you in scripture, but stay with me. I'm still telling the story. Now, and I'll pick up <clears throat> a couple of more pieces. What happened to this city of Rodney? I'll tell you in a moment. What caused the river to change its mind and turn? Now, Ezekiel chapter 47, let's go there. That'll help me build this a little bit and get this into your hearts and head from a scriptural, biblical position. Now, hold that story in your head. Three miles away from the river now. Okay. So in Ezekiel 47, I'll read just a, a little bit to you. He brought me back to the door of the temple. 
And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple, right under the door. Uh, and, and, and it was towards the east. For the front of the temple faced east. And the water, how do you know when Jesus comes back, he's coming to the Mount of Olives, and that's facing the east. Please follow some of these things. The water was flowing from underneath the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east, and there was water running out of the right side. Do you know where that water was flowing? It ended up only being 82 feet. It's, it's, it flowed down into a pool that is the lowest place in all of Israel. It's only 82 feet above sea level. And when the man went out to the east, there was a man. I don't know who he is. Let's call him an angel. And the man went out to the east with the line in his hand. Have you know we've been talking about a plumb line? He had a line in his hand. He was going to do some measuring. He measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my ankle. And again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. And again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the water and came up to my waist. Uh, and again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? And then he brought me and he returned to me in, uh, <coughs> to the bank of the river. And when I returned, there were along the bank of the river. Now notice something. It starts off, he sees it coming out of the church. But then the vision changes and he's now standing by the brink or by the edge on the bank of the, no, on the, bank of the river. <coughs> Follow this? And he brought me and he returned me to the bank of the river. And when I returned there along the bank of the river uh, were very many trees on one side and the other on the other. So they were lined with trees. And he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. Now we have to understand talking about that's running down into the Jordan and it's running down into the Dead Sea. If you're anybody that dares monitor and watch what's going on in Israel, if you've never been to the Dead Sea, it is an amazing place. You can lay in it just like you are, big, small, in between, and you cannot sink. You don't have to swim. You don't have to paddle. You just It's so full of salt that it keeps you up afloat. I took a whole church load of people. About 35 of us went. And uh, ladies were so funny. They, they would try to sink and parts of their bodies that were larger than other parts would just make them roll over. And I got a little embarrassed watching, so I had to stay away. And uh, in the process, that river flows down, but what's happening is the Dead Sea is starting to change. And there's signs that life could be coming to the Dead Sea. Now, that, that, that's just, just for a historical setting. Verse 8. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, Go down, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. 
And it will be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. And there will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. And it shall be that fishermen who stand by uh, the banks uh, and in Gadai and to Iglam, they will be places for spreading their nets. And, uh, and, their, and, and their fish will be the same kind as the fish of the great sea and exceedingly many. That's a miracle in itself. But its swamps and marshes, verse 11, will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. And along the bank of the river on this side, verse 12, and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food, and their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be the food and their leaves <laughs> for medicine. Help us, Lord. Now, there's several key parts to the vision of Ezekiel here that I'm going to show you today, hopefully. The river flowed from under the altar in the sanctuary. And there are four levels which are prophetic periods of time. And, and I'm going to tell you what those four levels are. A thousand was ankle. A thousand, you know, was a denee, the waist a thousand. And then they were swimming. All of those were measured a thousand. Let's make it clear the river is spiritual and comes from the very throne of God. Let me take you back now and build scripture around everything that was in Ezekiel's prophecy. Revelation 22, verse 1 and 2. Put it up there. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. So what Ezekiel was seeing that somehow in the realm of the spirit, that which was in the throne of God, the river there that's crystal clear, started to flow and it was leaking out the threshold of the, of the temple. It was coming out from underneath the altar. Water was beginning to flow back into the nation of Israel. But that water came from a high source, from the source of eternity. It came from a realm that man could not even identify with it. In the middle of its streets and on either side of the river, look at Psalm 46, verse 4. On either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits. And each tree yielded its fruit from every month. And the leaves of the tree were for healing of the nations. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. There's a river that flows through the city of God. Oh, come on with me today. 
There's a river underneath Rock City Church. What the prophecy was that I had for this person was, listen to me, I said to this person, there's a river and you know the river is there and you have drank from the river and now the river got inside of you and once the river comes into the place of God and you begin to drink from it, then out of your belly flows the same anointing. It's the river of God that begins to flow out of you because you're in the river, because you were in the sanctuary. It flowed from the holy place. There's water underneath this church. Now the Lord showed me and said to me, the only places where that water is is where he's welcome. Because he turns the stream, he turns the river, oh my God. He turns the river where he, where he wills and he turns the river where he knows that those that are near it will begin to drink from it and he turns it and he takes it right now. In Saudi Arabia, rivers are beginning to show up in the desert and it's because there is a real move of God happening in the Arab countries and people are running back to God and the river is moving. It used to move uh, through the Baptist or Pentecostal and maybe through the Baptist uh, and maybe through the Presbyterian and the Catholic and then all of a sudden the river turns uh, and it makes a turn uh, and all of a sudden those that were right on the bank of it uh, are back miles back. tree of life. I read it to you. The tree of life in Revelation was in the middle of these trees. And the trees that were on the banks, they had, they had fruit and they had healing in their leaves. Now it was 12. And I, it could be the 12 tribes of Israel. It could be the 12 disciples. I, I, I don't want to get into all of that. It's important to know that, that, that the trees, you know, just like it says in John, the letters that he wrote, he said he wrote these seven letters to candlesticks and to stars. The candlesticks were the seven churches. The stars were the pastors of those churches. God uses uh, symbols uh, to speak to us. He uses things, like I said Friday night, he uses a red dragon to define a nation that's not godly. Uh -huh. Ezekiel 47, and don't forget this, that the, the trees that were there, the leaves were for the healing of the nations. If you're here today and you're from another country, Put your hands up a minute. You're here, you're, you're from some other country. You're, you know, from Nigeria, Kenya, somewhere, all over the place. Look at the hands all over. That's, and this is a lot of people not here today. I mean a lot of people. And, 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 but I'll tell you what, saints, there's a need for us to understand when the river is flowing, the trees that are by that river always have leaves that heal, leaves, the, the, the life Life is in the leaf. 
the green that you and I breathe is in the leaf and the leaf brings life to the nations. And there's coming healing to the nations. God is going to move nations and presidents and leaders and he's going to raise up new people. He's going to cause people uh, to rise up. When I go to Nigeria in, in uh, April, I'm, I'm trusting God to give me this word uh, fresh in my heart so that I can speak to the thousands supposedly leaders that I'm speaking to because there needs to be a turn. The, the river's starting to turn, saints, uh, and nations that thought they had God are going to see the river turn away from those nations. Nations. And America is stuck right now trying to decide is it going to be a goat nation or is it going to be a sheep nation. And I'm telling you what's going to happen is the river will turn away from its banks. Uh, and America has lived on two major waterways, but God will cause it to dry up. Ezekiel 47, there's a great outpouring of God coming like a flood. And I want to say something to you. Isaiah 11, 9 says, the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Hello? The earth shall be filled, full of the knowledge of the Lord. That's going on. That's coming. There is, look, saints, it, it, this is important to get. In Matthew's gospel, we are told that the last days will be days like the days of Noah. And, and we've all looked at those and we've all talked about the condition of wickedness that was going on and, and how God had to send the flood to destroy the wicked so the, the ark that was built would come up above all of that. But I got to tell you something, in all the studies, we forgot to talk about the flood. As in the last days, it says, the days will be like the days of Noah. Listen, this is spiritual. The water we're talking about is coming out of the throne of God. It's spiritual. And we need to realize, oh my God, we've missed it. Uh, the last days would be like the days of Noah. The water is going to pour out the anointing of the river of God that comes inside of people and gets the anointing released by the Holy Ghost uh, is going to be spoken and be declared and cover the earth as the water covers the sea. I didn't get that in no book. There's a flood. We refer to the Holy Spirit coming. That spirit-filled people says the Holy Spirit fell. Well, I gotta ask you something. Where did the Holy Ghost fall from? We use terminologies that are not biblical. The Holy Spirit <clears throat> is in you. We don't have to come into a room and wait for the Holy Spirit to fall. What we have to do is get the river unstopped and the river cleared up so that the river can flow because the anointing is in you. The Holy Ghost is in you. And when you get into the house of God and open your mouth, I just showed you a minute ago when you begin to worship and you begin to pray in the spirit, the atmosphere in the room changed. Amen. 
Now, if we remember, if we remember the beginning, in the beginning in Genesis, it says the Spirit was moving over the face of the water. The Holy Spirit had hovered over planet Earth. The Spirit of God was moving and the river of God was flowing because Adam was in the garden and the first drink Adam took was of the drink of the Spirit. Panuma came in Adam and his first drink was the drink of God. When God breathed into man, he sent a flood. He sent a river inside from heaven itself. God brought down into man because man has to have water to live. Man has to have water to live. And that's why when a woman has a baby, the baby's floating around in water because water is synonymous with the fact of what God can do. And so the earth is covered with the water and it says the Holy Spirit just hovers that means it came right down right on top so the first Adam that first Adam was drinking from the garden of life the tree was in the garden the leaves were going to heal the nations and then sin came in and the river turned and left the garden and man was no longer filled with the Spirit. And man became thirsty for the things of the world. Man became thirsty for the carnal appetites of his own flesh. And God let him live for hundreds of years. And then God had to send a flood. God confronted the destruction of man's soul by sending fresh water. He covered earth out of your belly. He comes to give you the Holy Spirit. And then he said, like at the woman at the well, when you drink today, when you drink of the water that I'm going to give you, you will never be thirsty again. You will never want anything else again. Nothing will satisfy you. There are no drugs that satisfy me. There's nothing that satisfies me. I wake up every day and I'm not satisfied with anything but one thing that I might drink again from that living well and living water will come inside of me. You got to be in the spirit to hear this today. You can't understand anything I'm saying if you're in the carnal mind of your own lust and appetite. If you will break that off of yourself right now in the name of Jesus and denounce that carnal mind and you will begin to hear by the anointing and you'll hear the spirit of God. You can't hear the spirit of God because you're clogged up with the spirit of man. The correct term that we should use instead of the Holy Spirit fell is an outpouring of water, a rising up of water. There's a rising, the river is rising. Our earthen vessels need to get filled. Come on. John chapter 7 
and I've been using it. Verse 37, 38, let me just read it to you. Jesus said, on the last day, that great day of feast, Jesus stood and cried out. Look at this. Jesus cried out. That's a passionate plea. That's not just Jesus spoke, uh, Jesus said. Uh, no, he cried out. If anyone thirst, let him come to me, Jesus said, and drink. Some of you drink from the wrong fountain. You drink from the wrong well. And you're always dealing with things in your life because you're not drinking from the well. You're not drinking from the living water. And because of it, you cause pollution to be in your life. You cause disruptions to be in your life. You cause uh, job things to break all apart. Marriage and family things are all corrupted because you're drinking out of the wrong well. There's a river that makes glad the city of God. God's people should be the happiest people on the earth. Verse 38, he who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his, the word there, heart, is right here, not the heart that's a muscle. It is out of your belly, out of your heart, will flow rivers, plural, rivers of living water. You see, God showed me in that prophetic dream that, that the river that flows out of Rock City Church uh, has streams to it, uh, and those streams are connected, uh, and they go out, and when they go out, others begin to tap into them and join and get in those streams, uh, and they begin to get life in those streams. I was, ta I was texting with my uh, daughter in, in uh, Ghana yesterday, last night, late, and, and, and I was talking to her, and, and I was talking back and forth to her, and, and I was sharing encourage her, and, and she just is, is, is said to me, I'm so thankful that I'm connected because I have so much life. Some of you, you live by the description of personalities. And you never drink from the well that runs, the river that runs out of this altar. And because you've got water supply of other sources, you just come by every month or so for a sip. Oh, I feel God. Woo! And then you go out and drink from the world the rest of the time. And you wonder why you got to keep coming back to the church. Why do you keep got to have to come back? Well, you come back because you're drinking all the other drinks along the way. If you'd stop and get the river and just stop flowing around you but flow in you, then you will never, ever, ever, ever be dried up. Now, verse 39 says, but this spoke he concerning the spirit whom these believing in him would receive. So he tells them, I'm talking about the river flowing out of your belly. It's a spiritual thing. There's an inflow for you to have an outflow. 
If you don't have an inflow, listen to me, the river that's here and flows out of this sanctuary, if you don't drink from it, if you drink from other rivers, you will take on the flavor of the river you're drinking from. But if you drink from the river that flows freely out of this house, you'll have an inflow, but you'll also have an outflow. You'll, you'll testify, you'll share, you'll witness, you'll live it out because it's flowing out of you as well as in you. Notice, it's not a dribble. Verse 38 said it wasn't a dribble. It's out of your belly shall flow rivers. It's not a dribble. Some of you are satisfied with a little dribble. Have you ever turned your spigot on and it goes, and you go, oh my gosh. Some of you are satisfied with a dribble. But when you're in the world, you didn't want just a little bit of that. When you got the glass pulled the first shot, you got, his, you got a big one. When somebody gave you a, a beer, you were complaining because they didn't top it off. And you come to the house of God and you say, oh, I'm going to get a sip. Mm. Psalm 65 verse 9 says the river of God has plenty of water in it. Hello. Visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God, it says, is full of water. There ain't no reason for you to be dribbling. Ain't no reason for you to be sipping. You need to be gulping. You need to get a big gulp. You need to get a belly full. You need to get a Holy Ghost washed down. You need to get that thing so it's just full all the time. It says everywhere it goes, it brings life. Ezekiel 47 now. I mentioned this to you, and I'm going to give you these real quick. There are four times this man, the angel, measured. So, so you might want to just jot it down just real quick if that's you, and you're really interested. But watch this. Those of you watching, pay attention here. There are four periods of God moving over the uh, water. Four periods. Remember in Genesis he said he moved, hovered over the water? Well, there are four periods of time in these four. This is a prophetic word that Ezekiel was getting for the day that's in front of us. The first thousand years was Abraham to David. That's why it was only ankle deep. Because what it was dealing with, it was dealing with the fact of their walk. But it was not the Holy Spirit living in them it was the Holy Spirit. 17 times in the Old Testament says the Spirit came upon them to enable them. That's different than the Holy Spirit coming in you. And Abraham to David, they had an ankle relationship. How many of God's people are a mile wide and an inch deep? Number two. This is in verse three and all. Uh, it's a thousand years it was from David to Christ. Now we're getting into the knee water. We're getting into knee deep. That's from, from uh, David to Jesus. How many of you know that's in the book of Matthew? It talks about the whole uh, breakdown of the uh, generations. And then there's a thousand years, the age from Pentecost even to our time. 
the 1900s when there was an outpouring of Azusa Street and the uh, great outpouring of 1906, the Holy Spirit was reignited uh, in the earth. Around the earth, people were being filled with the Holy Ghost. And then the fourth one is, the, is prophecy for today. We're standing in the thousand year. Now we are in that last age. How many of you know that we're talking about the calendar that's in the church calendar, but we're talking about Israel's calendar, uh, 5782. How many of you know that that is indicative of what we're talking about hundreds? We're talking about thousands of years. How many of you know we've been 2,000 years since Jesus? We are moved into the third day. How many of you know he rose on the third day? How many of you know we're in the thousand year of the Holy Spirit being poured out so that we're going to demonstrate all that God intended from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. The outpouring of God is getting ready and is happening already to those that are drinking from the river. It's starting to flow. It's starting to flow. It's going to flow around the world. Amen. My, my, my. The river's flowing from the throne of God and it, it returned, look at this, the river flows from the throne and it's returning back to the throne. The river that you drink of that flows under the altar gets in your belly and as it flows out your belly, it brings healing to everything it touches and where it moved, it brought healing and the second thing it brought was a harvest of fish. Read it. It said that the fish began to come back in. How do you know the river of God that's in you is going to be released to bring the greatest harvest we have ever seen? We're not in the season of revival. We're in the season of harvest. And look at this. What's happening is the river of God, when, who is in that revelation? It says it flowed out of the throne of God and the lamb. The lamb is at the headwater of the river of God and he's waiting for the harvest to come. He's waiting for all. He told, Jesus said, I'm gonna make you fishers of men. He said, I'm gonna teach you how to fish because you're gonna get, remember Peter had so many fish, his net began to break. God is going to cause a, a major, major harvest. We're going to see the river full of fish and the river is going back to the throne of God and Jesus uh, will be celebrated with the harvest of fish coming back in the river. Shh. Jesus promised he'd make us fishes of men. Come on. The scripture says that out of God's mouth spoken. It says it will not, the word will not return to him. Now we've used the word it will not return void. But I'm going to change it. You don't know that. That's not the right word. The right Hebrew word is, it says it will not return empty. The word of God that comes out of God's mouth will not return back to him empty. So when you hear about the fish, he spoke and what's coming back to him are the fish of a harvest that's only, only have we ever imagined the size of this harvest. Mm. The river's coming back to the throne of God, like Peter. Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 5. There's a river of darkness rushing in. Hello? And Isaiah 60, verse 1. 
arise, shine, let your light come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Behold, behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Look at this. That's a dark river. There is a dark river flowing out of the dark realms of hell, and it's trying to cover the river of God. It's trying to make the river of God look polluted, but it's a false river, and it's the river of darkness where sinners are delighting themselves in the filth of it, and they have polluted the water, and the water of God is going to turn from the church that allows the dark water to come in and mix with the clear water. The dark water and the clear water that's mixture because of people's pride and because of people's sin. The dark water is covering the earth. How do you know darkness is covering the earth? How do you know everywhere you look, you see some hideous murder. Kids are being killed in Chicago and in New York and places all over. How do you know sickness of, of mind and sickness of heart is just taking over? And there's darkness. And I want to tell you, the darkness has come into the church. And we're like the city of Rodney. Now you understand. We're like the city of Rodney that was right there on the brink of the glory of God flowing through. Prosperity was happening. Shipping out of the gospel was going on. And all of a sudden, darkness covers the water. Somebody says, why did the river move? Well, they did a study. And they did a study on this river. And they wanted to find out. This was in the 1900s. <clears throat> and they said, why, <clears throat> why did the river suddenly change its... This is a city that's going to be the capital of Mississippi. Why did it change? They came up with this. They said the debris of trees that once had life fell in the water and began to turn the water black and filled it with a silt that began to cause the river to not flow anymore. <laughs> and the trash and the garbage that never got dealt with began to pack up and form dams. And the Holy Ghost said to me in my dream, uh, he said to me that there's, a, there's dams been built by denominations and dams been built by segregations and dams have been built by separations uh, and dams that have been built by lust and greed uh, in my house. And God said, uh, those dams have to be blown up uh, because he said the river is gonna change its course uh, and the river's gonna go to places uh, that have welcomed him uh, and places that want him to come in uh, and the river's gonna to turn just like it did that city. The river's going to turn away from the debris, from the fallen trees that used to have life in their limbs and they had healing in their leaves and all of a sudden they begin to get polluted. Because <laughs> you just play church. You have no idea where God is. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Deep darkness, the people. Look at it. I'll read the rest of it. 
but the Lord will arise over you. His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentile will come to the light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Listen to me. There's no brighter sun than the sun that rises on the water. I fish all my life. I used to leave at night, 4.30, 4 in the morning, and hid 25 to 35 miles offshore in the Atlantic. I had a large boat, and I'd be out there fishing for tuna and stuff, and I'd leave in the pitch black. It was so dark you couldn't see your hand. And all I had was my GPS. All I had was my Loran, and you just plow over these big waves, and you're hidden. All you can hear is the roar of your motors, and you're hidden into the dark. But the greatest feeling is all of a sudden this red line would come across the face where the sky and the ocean touched. And you'd see this red, and then you'd see this yellow, and then you would see these other colors begin to happen. And all of a sudden, you had to reach for your sunglasses. You had to be able to shield because all of a sudden, the reflection, the Gentile shall come to the light that's on the water that you're swimming in. Oh, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Go ahead and lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Is it that they're coming to you or is it the darkness has covered you so much that they're running from you? Raise it up. Keep going. Keep going. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Go on, and you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell up with joy because God is going to shine on us. Because we're swimming in the river, the reflection of God on the water will be so attractive to the Gentile. Let me close. God's not sending a revival. He's sending a river harvest. Let me just say this. Revival doesn't make the church shout, but harvest makes the church shout. Hello? I want to say this. Friday night, there was a song that was chosen to be sung in this church. It was not God was not the choice of the Holy Spirit. We were singing about a revival song because it was out of season. We are in the season of harvest, not the season of revival. And the song always is going to line up and match where the army is. The army doesn't sing a song of retreat when it's running into its enemy. One of the Civil War battles that was lost by the North was because a trumpeter sounded retreat instead of charge. There has to be a clarion sound. And we have to be so in the river that we hear in the river. We see from the river's perspective. We see out of our belly the rivers that's flowing and we'll sing the right song and we'll preach the right word and we'll be in the right places. You hear me? I'm not interested in applauding anybody's flesh. I'll be here. 
It's like I said, if somebody prophesies something that has nothing to, if somebody stood up and said, thus saith the Lord, there's a great revival coming at Rock City Church, I'd say, stop, thank you, that's not God, sit down. Why? Because God works through a proper design of order. He sends a, a revelation, amen, and he makes sure the head gets the revelation. And when the head has the revelation, the feet have to march according to the head. And if you start marching and your head ain't going, how many of you know you're a half-baked army? How many you know the only kind of army you want to be is like some of these Navy SEALs? Their head's in it, and these are smart guys. Their head's in it, and their feet come along. We got Republicans. We got politicians. We got media people. Their head ain't in it. <laughs> Isaiah said, you come before me and you tear your garments, but your heart is not broken. Remember the story of the city called Rodney on the Mississippi. And I told you, why did God change direction? He changed it because of the debris and the old trees. Think about it. Read Ezekiel. They were trees on the banks. Now remember there were some people that were back in the marsh. They were already dead. Do you know that's the people that like to get close to church, but they stay back in the, it's still wet because the marsh is kind of slimy and wet. And they stay wet and they say, well, I'm close enough. And then they die and the river starts flowing and picks up their dead carcass. Their dead tree is in the way and it's in the river. Hello. And their dead tree is laying there and it is a cause of the river to have. The Mississippi River, if it had a mind, had to have said, we can't flow this way anymore. Rodney has changed its heart. And Rodney doesn't want me anymore. So the river Mississippi said, let's move away. Notice it was three miles. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That river moved away three miles because those people said, we can do this without God. Do you know today, Rodney is referred to and they have uh, tours to go see a ghost town. No one lives there. No one. All the buildings are empty. All the factories are empty and run down. And it is labeled, even the state now has passed legislation and removed Rodney as being a bona fide city. You see, when God moves like he did with Jericho, he erases your name. When God moves and he no longer can move through you because of pride, because of arrogance, because of unforgiveness and all the other things and all the sin, he got, you got too much debris in front. God says, I'm just moving the river. And let me tell you this last story real quick. Are you here today? The church I came out of, I've told this, but it's important to say it again. The church I came out of in Virginia Beach, when it first started, there was a church 
one, I lived there. I lived right, I, I mean, I lived in walking distance to where the church was planted. It was all country, it was all farms. I hunted rabbits and shot dove on the property where the church is built. It was soybeans. There was a church one block away, a little stone church. And I mean, it was being testified about all over the nation. God was moving in this little church. And the people's hearts became indifferent. And they began to get casual with God and say, well, you know, I'll go to church if I feel like it, you know. And they took advantage of what God was doing. Do you know what happened? A prophet came in, was on the 700 Club, and he came in and he spoke over that church. And he said, hear the word of the Lord. There is a man in New York on the streets of New York that I am taking out of the cesspools of sin and I'm going to raise them up and I'm going to plant them in this city. And when I plant him, there's going to be an explosion of the glory of God around the world. And the man that oversees the church that you see today will be in the streets of New York in just a few days, a few years, and he will be lost forever. The pastor ended up in business, selling real estate up in New York and became absolutely a gross involved sinner. And John Jimenez was in Rikus, Elmira, Sing Sing, and Fort Apache, the prisons, when that prophecy came. And God took him out of the streets. He was thrown off a three-story building, run over by a taxi cab, stabbed seven times. And God took him right out of that street and said, I'm going to put you at Rock Church in Virginia Beach. Because I'm going to send other crazy people like you. When God was prophesying to those people, I was in the mind of God. God knew where I was hidden and God said, I got to get the right man in the right place because I'm going to bring others into the, everywhere from the hippies and the drug addicts are coming in. And we had to come to a place where a guy like John Jimenez with tattoos everywhere could look at us and say, come on, I know, I know. And we would go, wow. This is so cool. A kingpin got saved. So the river, my, 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 the river let the once prosperous city be left to itself. Second Peter 2.17, look what it says. These men are springs without water. These are wells without water. The church is full of people. They're like wells, but they got no water in them. Clouds uh, that carry out uh, by a tempest for whom reserve the blackness of darkness forever. You know, the clouds are referred to as people, clouds of witness. Well, those clouds are clouds that are empty of any water. Proverbs 25, 26, you'll like this, I hope. Like a muddied spring or a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way to the wicked. 
That means compromise. The church in America must stop compromising. We want to be politically correct. We want to be liked by everybody. Everybody's not going to like you. I might not even like you. And I'm commanded to. So I might have to like you through repentance. But you got to hear me. We got to get away from it. The righteous man who falters before, who surrenders, who gives up to the wicked. We got to stop agreeing. Stop voting for people that want to kill babies. I don't care what color they are. I don't care if they're the donkey or the, or the elephant. It don't matter. Stop voting for people who want to see our teenagers killed in Chicago and they want to outlaw the police and they want to do all these other... Stop voting for the wicked! Yes. Say, well, I didn't come to church here a political message. Well, then go watch CNN. The failing TV network in the world. Full of liars. You watch. There's a nation, there's a TV station network going to be up for sale. You watch, you watch. Let's close, let's close. I'm done. Gideon's army was chosen. You know I've been preaching two words. It's the spring of the year, like a murky spring, a polluted well. Have you know it's the spring of the year when kings go to war? We're going to see, along with Israel and other places, we'll see wars. They're going to take place. And that don't really need to take a lot of prophetic word to say that. Some of it is just stick your finger up and turn it until you feel the wind. I mean, it's like going to happen. It's the window, but it's the spring of the year. Mm. Gideon assembles an army, and what does the Lord do? He sends them down to a river for them to drink. And he says to them, when you, you're going to see your men. You're going to see the real ones. He said, the ones that cup their hand with the water and bring the water up to them are the ones that will be the army. The ones that bow their head and can't see the enemy, they'll drink and lap water like a dog. But he said, you're going to see those that reach in and they have their eye fixed uh, on what God is up to. And they're drinking and they've got their eye fixed on the king. Uh, and they're saying, wherever Gideon goes, uh, we're going to follow. It'll be the Lord, the sword of the Lord to Gideon's army because we're going to drink the water the right way. Get up on your feet and get into, give God some real glory today. Thank you for listening to the Rock City Church Podcast. And a special thank you to all who generously give to our ministries. We're feeding 40,000 families each month through our food program. We're sheltering women in crisis and have had over 1,200 babies born through our girls' home. And we're able to impact countless lives around the world through generous givers like you. Tap the link in the description below to give online or visit our giving page at rockcitychurch.com. Our prayer room is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you need prayer, call our 24-hour prayer line at 410 882 
1-800-242-2689. Like and share this message with your friends and subscribe to get the latest messages. You can also join us in service on Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Thanks again for listening to the Rock City Church Podcast. God bless you.